Well, thank you all so much for coming today. It's, uh, it's a real privilege to spend some time with you. Uh, and, and what we're trying to achieve today is just to really understand what's at the heart of marketing today in B2B, uh, what, what's keeping us awake at night, and how we're planning for the future. I mean, my feeling is that we're in a really, really exciting time. Uh, but I live in my own little bubble, so I'm really keen to understand kind of what's driving you forward, what, what, what are the decisions you're having to make, uh, and trying to understand, well, how are you planning for the future of marketing in your organisations? What skills do we as marketeers need? And then how do we build the right marketing team for the future? I mean, we've all read the, uh, the recent articles in, in things like Forbes where the CMO uh, tenure is only about 18 months now. Um, how, how, how do we build ourselves and build the skills for ourselves to be in, in a business and adding value to a business over, over the long term? Um, Antonio, it sounds as though you've, you've, you've kind of been going through this change process and this skills process. What, what, are, what are your thoughts so, on that? So, I, I mean, I obviously read that article, and I think that part of the reason why there's such a short tenure for CMOs is the CMO role is ambiguous, mm-hmm. right? And I think what marketers need to do is learn from technology organisations, because I think that in the past, technology's role was ambiguous, and they've done a really good job of really framing what they can bring for the business, have it like bringing in the concept of keep the lights on versus developer you know mm-hmm. they've really thought about how do we show up to the business in mm-hmm. a way that's really meaningful and put and ring fence what technology can do and i think it's marketing's turn to mm-hmm. do that and you know if you are a cmo and you are expecting to be involved in commercial strategy and pricing and you know lead generation and sales and you get boxed into a brand role of course you're not going to be happy right Mm -hmm. so I think it's you know it's a lot about I think we all have a sense of what marketing can do for a business but that's not widely Mm -hmm. understood and I think what's great about opportunities like this is to to codify and define what marketing can do Mm -hmm. is essential for all of us to create the jobs that we Mm -hmm. want now and in the future and it's it's not easy Mm -hmm. because you're overcoming a lot of expectations about what marketing mm-hmm. is from being the golf day and goodies girls to <laughs> you know to be so strategically involved that actually you never also data driven mm-hmm. you never think about the emotional connection that you want to have with customers and everything in between mm-hmm. so you know I do I think it's an exciting time but I think it's a challenging time and it's beholden on us as leaders of the future of marketers to really start to define what mm-hmm. marketing is and also what it isn't mm-hmm. I mean, that's really interesting and, and, and kind of touching on that we almost need to be the, the unicorn, don't we? Yeah. That's got a real vision and strategy yeah. and, can, and talk, to, uh, talk to the senior managers or, or the business leaders very, very articulately. But ha- what are the skills that we need to do that? I mean, um, uh, Sakina, what, what are you doing in Critio uh, to start to think about how you can drive a, a different agenda for marketing? So... When I started at Credio and I asked my boss, what am I supposed to do? And I was reporting into the business. He said, "Mm, I don't know, send an email. And I was like, okay. I was one of the first marketers. And I was like, okay, so what are my objectives? They were like, send emails. I was like, okay. So I had to sit down and think about how I'm going to make a difference and mm-hmm. change the concept of marketing at Critio. I did, there was no marketing. There were a few event managers. But it's, it, it's been quite challenging and difficult because um, it's really hard to prove what, how many dollars marketing brings in. We have a lot of like you know technologies that we work with. We have a, a whole tech stack, right? But they don't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. So the, and there is no like real measurement. Um, 
um, it's like, you know, at, for the longest time, our 90% of the business comes from existing business. So we've been focusing a lot on retention and those type of yeah. activities. So marketing has really not played a very, very big role in acquiring new customers, mm-hmm. which is going to change now. And now I'm building a strategy and I'm calling it the growth hacking strategy, mm-hmm. uh, which is the buzzword at Credio now. But uh, like, you know, trying to build like automation and it doesn't exist right now mm-hmm. at Credio. But the good, I mean, when you're doing the gross sales stuff, that's, that's it's easiest to measure, actually, much easier yeah. to measure than retention. And it's a much more prescribed time frame, right? Because mm-hmm. you can start to show marketing's value in quarter. When you're starting to talk about retention it's and across tough. an upsell, you're at a much longer mm-hmm. time horizon and much, much harder to measure, mm-hmm. I think. And so when you're then saying, well, okay, well, I can show that we've achieved this many gross sales and we've made money this much, you know, for every dollar you gave me, I made, you know, $20 back, whatever, you can show that. But what about the very large amount of dollars you've spent on creating interesting moments with your existing customers. I mean, that's, that's really hard measure. to measure. Yeah, uh, we do a lot of customer surveys where we try to figure out and, you know, brand audit and those type of things. So we, we are very creative about, like, bringing in, like, uh, the measurement to marketing for attention as well as awareness. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. When we do that uh, acquisition strategy, a full-fledged acquisition strategy, it'll be easier. But the tough part is to bring everything that we have set up together to actually use that for the acquisition instead of just retention. So that's where, like, you know, I'm finding a little bit of a challenge bringing the teams, because we're we're not 80 people in marketing, like, spread across the globe. So bringing them all together and bringing about that change within the marketing team to actually start thinking of new customers as a priority than, you know, just retaining the existing customers. So the marketing plans have to change. Matt, you've come into several roles and you've transformed marketing teams. It's what you're doing today. Um, What are the kind of learnings that you've taken from that? What, what, what is the advice you can offer to those of us around the table on this is who I need to influence, this is who I need to talk to, and then potentially, you know, this is the kind of skill set I need to build around myself? Yeah, sure. Well, well certainly from a, from a CMO perspective, you've got to have a CEO that believes in marketing, understands the fundamentals of marketing, and has a clear understanding or can be influenced to how marketing benefits an organisation. Mm-hmm. So whether it's acquisition, retention... Um, all of those kind of things. I think I think it's already been touched on, but marrying the kind of the, the old world of marketing, which is very much on a corporate level, with the new world of tech, um, I see companies still challenged in how they do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about integrating systems together, but it's also with a clear understanding of how you want to actually utilise those systems. Because I've come across a lot of companies that have put... MarTech in, I think great, we've now got marketing automation, great, we've now integrated it with Salesforce Com and you bring in you know, various sort of other tools, but kind of think, well that's, the, that's kind of almost the job done and within a year or two, the whole thing's broken, so mm-hmm. I've come, you know, come across companies that actually put stuff in place that um, you know, isn't being used or isn't being utilised and then mm-hmm. you've kind of almost got to start again, so it's a relentless process to work out how you're going to use technology and how you're going to use technology to better influence the traditional mm-hmm. channels, you know, via sort of PR and those kind of things that also play a key role now in content marketing yeah. and digital mm-hmm. and getting all those things to work together. If you go back to someone like, you know, Collar, you know, going back tens of years ago that came out with the whole concept of integrated marketing, which is based around the very traditional kind of four Ps, mm-hmm. we've kind of got to do that all again, all again now, mm-hmm. you know, but in the digital world. 
Well, I think there's very few companies that actually kind of reach that end goal. And I think just the, the, the other point that I'd make on that as well is that with the, the speed and the velocity that you can now touch customers and, and market segments, the ability to segment your market and then come up with sub-segments and not just to design a customer journey, which is, which is linear, mm-hmm. but then sub-segment sub into kind of these micro-segments, so mm-hmm. we're touching them with content and comms at the right point mm-hmm. in their journey is very, very difficult mm-hmm. to do. And that's, a, and that's a challenge that's faced you know, on the consumer side as well as the yeah. B2B side. Mm-hmm. But that's where technology now needs to come in mm-hmm. you know, and play a full role to yeah. get the value out of the investment that goes into, into these technology stacks. So, so that's really interesting for me because you're, you're talking a level of language that we haven't heard in marketing uh, until recently, which is about the different skill set and the different technology that we're using. Um, and we need different people to come into marketing mm-hmm. to, to help us do that. Shelley, you... Talk to me about your, your, how, how you've worked and, and, and developed your marketing team to bring those different skills, uh, skills into the team, you know, for example, with our data scientists rather than more creative types. Yeah, sure. So for me, I think there is a, um, a fundamental shift in the expectation of the CMO, which has influenced really the evolution of the marketeer. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, CMOs are expected to be responsible for the revenue growth strategy, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, before it may have been sitting with the CEO but because it now resides with the CMO, that changes fundamentally the expectation the business has from marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, you know, I, I know when I look at my team uh, at the moment, the evolution of the marketeer, you know, I'm looking for an analytical marketeer. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone that really understands what um, they've deployed, what, the, what are the data points showing us, you know, and what are the learnings. So how do we move towards revenue marketing? Um, and again, you know, in a previous um, company, I've actually consciously decided not to recruit a marketeer into the team and to bring in a, a data scientist because actually, you know, we could both look at the same data points. And as a marketeer, you know, I'd probably look at a set of data points and then create a customer journey because <laughs> that's what I'm used to doing. Um, but with a data scientist, they'll come in and they'll look at the set of data points and they'll fundamentally see something different. Now, instinctively, as a marketeer, I won't necessarily understand what they're seeing, but actually what we have done in, you know, through experience, you know, we've deployed and, and adjusted um, journeys based on the insights from a data scientist. And where we've done that, um, this one initiative actually delivered us um, booked revenue. So it bypassed every single traditional you know, funnel that, that we're used to as marketeers um, and went straight to um, booked revenue without a sales touch. And so I do think as we start looking at the evolution of the marketeer, you know, we, we ought to also just be sensitive to the fact that actually sometimes you do need an analytical lens mm-hmm. um, on what we're seeing because we're so focused on being creative that sometimes you need to have the science of marketing as well uh, play in a team. Fantastic. I was going to talk maybe a little bit later about sales and marketing alignment. Well, that suggestion or the, the example you've just given is that you don't need that. You just need marketing to drive those sales. Uh, but that needs to be uh, driven by data and insight and, and technology as well. Yeah. I mean, sales have a role to play mm-hmm. when your solution, you know, when you're, in, you're an organization that's developing solutions yeah. and delivering solutions. And customers want to basically have that interface with a, mm-hmm. with a sales organization. But what you can do, depending on if you put the right offer, because typically most companies you know or most marketing teams will produce customer journeys and they'll actually forget to put an offer in you know so you know you know and i've been you know um you know and i've 
experienced that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and so these days, you know, it's really important that when you do do a journey, when you put together a journey, what's the end point? What do you actually ultimately want that lead to do? Because actually, you just want to, don't want to just feed them content. Mm-hmm. Because we live in a society now where we self-serve. Mm-hmm. So I choose what content I want to consume at what time and at what point. Mm-hmm. And as marketeers, it's become really difficult for me to actually just assume that you're going to be on a linear journey, which is email one, email two, and then email three. You know, so sometimes you know you might find that uh, the point of influence, mm-hmm. you know, is um, a piece of content that you basically had put out somewhere completely different mm-hmm. in a completely different environment rather than your traditional mm-hmm. journey. And uh, and that's made more difficult by the complexity of the B two B buying cycle, where there's mm-hmm. many many influences over a long uh, long buying process, which kind of leads on to we've already started to talk about this the tech stack you know what technology do we need to enable us to uh, to be effective marketers driving revenue marketing for our business um i, I don't know about you but i I'm, I'm definitely struggling with what tech i've got what i need to get what's working none of it working together uh, i think idc produced a report uh, fairly recently that said that on average uh, a marketing department has 13 pieces of technology to work with how, how do we cope with this what you know how, how do we kind of get our head around this? I mean, Shelley, do you have any thoughts on kind of what we do? Yeah, I do. You know, so um, apparently there are five, over five and a half thousand, you know, tools that are available, you know, in, in, the, in the MarTech, MarTech world. And actually, it, as, a, as a marketeer, one of the key um, areas of focus for me is the ops person, the mm-hmm. role of the operations manager. Mm-hmm. Because actually, you know, t- typically, you know, they would be, you know, a right-hand person for me because actually, um, if I look at, as a marketeer, what tools I would touch, you know, first of all, the analytical side and the reporting side. So there's probably five tools that, uh, that we probably can access already there. Um, and then you look at lead management, okay? There's, there's tools that we all use, you know, there. and then you look at content and social. There's a whole suite of tools there. And I know that on average, um, a marketeer probably, you know, use, you know, sort of like 60% of what's available mm-hmm. um, within their company they're probably using. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, f- from my perspective, I think there is a fine balance between MarTech and then moving to RevTech. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you look at um, the evolution of the customer journey, and if you look at someone like Amazon, uh, for example, you know, Alexa, you know, if I, you know, was to say, and maybe this is how people purchase in, in the future from a B2B perspective, uh, you know, Alexa, buy me a product, that that instruction has bypassed any homepage, any landing page, you know, and actually you now see Amazon as um, a key leader in RevTech. Mm-hmm. You know, so that, 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 that it's so disruptive at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think the challenge that, um, and this is where I go back to also the role and the evolution of the marketeer, it's actually knowing what tools to play with mm-hmm. and what tools are actually going to give you the data insights, mm-hmm. the insights that you need, because actually there are just way too many tools out there for us to sort of like sensibly engage with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling with my, you know, working with the sales team on their CRM and then working in uh, the kind of the marketing component to that, the, and then looking at our email uh, uh, marketing optimization, you know, having that all talked together. I mean, Matt, do you have any any thoughts about how to, to move forward on this? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, you've got to get your fundamentals right. Mm-hmm. So, marketing automation, working with sales automation, the stuff's got to work together because yeah. otherwise, you can't. Sales can't hold marketing to account, and marketing can't hold sales to account. And and for me, my handshake with sales is, all, is always right. The target is you guys are going out and generating fifty percent of your pipeline. Marketing will generate 50% of your pipeline. 
and that's the kind of the barometer that we use to, you know, through lead gen for taking things into mm-hmm. the opportunity cycle, into the pipeline. Mm-hmm. So if you get your process flow and your marketing to sales stages set up in the right way, automate it, get simple reports. You know, a lot of folks put in this stuff and overcomplicate what they're trying to achieve. Keep it very, very simple. Um, you can start to measure that. So, for example, I can look at a Salesforce dashboard and I can look at marketing-generated pipeline, influence pipeline, mm-hmm. right through to close one, close loss. I think the other piece then comes in with what else do you need? So if you're bringing in data, um, you know, data mining or database tools like database.com um, or RainKing, mm-hmm. again, needs to be integrated into that, into, into that mix and actually used because a lot of this stuff gets bought and just ends up on the shelf and folks just don't use it. And then you're talking about looking at more of your digital cycle, obviously using your Google tools. But if you look at the, just recently, actually, the last couple of weeks, Gartner have just brought out a new um, research note on marketing you know, campaign management tools. And the good news or the bad news, depending on the way you look at it, is there's more tools coming out and you're going to need more tools <laughs> to, yeah. to survive and thrive in the, in the digital world. So they're kind of now splitting things mm-hmm. down into clear data management, not mm-hmm. just the campaign management, mm-hmm. but also the mobile aspect as well. Because, you know, as we know through these customer journeys, someone might start off on one channel, mm-hmm. which is typically going to be their mobile, mm-hmm. even if it's to receive an email. But then you've got things like Facebook Messenger. You've then got new channels coming along, mm-hmm. like RCS, Rich Communication um, Service. Which you know, so, so you're starting on one channel, you're going to finish on another. You know, how does the journey resolve itself? Mm-hmm. How do you touch the, the, the customer or the prospect at the right time within that journey? So orchestration is the theme that's now starting to come in. Mm-hmm. So you'll see the marketing cloud guys now talk about orchestration. And this is new for the, for the big guys, so mm-hmm. the Adobe's of the world and, and Salesforce. So the reality is you are going to need additional pieces of technology that aren't necessarily provided by the by the bigger um, marketing mm-hmm. cloud stacks. Mm-hmm. So you've got to be massively diligent and look at a point in time of what do we need today to be effective. Um, I'm a big believer, certainly in the environment that I'm working in where we're you know, using a lot of account-based marketing um, mm-hmm. kind of techniques because we're targeting large customers, yeah. that you've got to be able to integrate well with, with sales and get that handshake mm-hmm. right. And um, that's for me is where MarTech has to kind of start for that type of mm-hmm. enterprise if you're targeting that kind of corporate customer. Interesting. Antonio, from your perspective, you, you've got a global view on this. You know, how important is, is technology to you working in that global environment? I mean, obviously, having the technology, to your point, is like that's the table stakes. I think, though, that your point was right, which is for me, it's like I kind of almost don't care which system's giving me the information. I actually, the information is interesting, but it's only interesting insofar as you can ask why. Why did this work better in the US Mm. than the UK? Why is it that we can't reach customers in Germany when we can reach... Why, 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 why? And you have to be interrogating the data and asking the right questions. Because if you're not asking the right questions, then to your point, it's just just interesting technology, and I can get reports on Mm. anything (laughs) I ask for. Honestly, we love data as a company. I can get reports on pretty much anything I want we also have products and I can get all sorts of data about that but that's only interesting to me that's interesting to a point I have a hundred page report but for me it's like but why did this happen can we test against it Mm -hmm. let's have a hypothesis and that's where the creativity gets Mm -hmm. interesting right so the marketing creativity has gone away from like nice pictures and catchy strap lines to let's get creative around solving that question of why did this work and let's get creative about what we should be testing Mm -hmm. to really try and understand why this thing 
worked here and didn't work here, worked with this customer mm. and not with this customer. Why is it that the pickup of this product is better than the pickup of this product? What's happening? What, mm. Let's understand that. And then let's get creative about how we test into it, which is then you get a very interesting channel strategy, which is all around how you surround the customer. And that's where you're manifesting your creativity today mm-hmm. rather than what does a flat out-of-home app look like, right? Yeah. which is just sort of boring and dated. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I, what I take out of that is, uh, and it's a feeling that I have, is big data is important, but it's the small actionable insight that is critical. Exactly. Uh, in, in, in a tech-driven organisation like yourself at Criteo, um, how is how is the martech, how is the technology enabling you, or isn't it? Um, we have around 20 platforms that we use at Credio for different things. Uh, we started working on uh, ABM strategy, mm-hmm. and we had to get something different, completely the new tool. And that apparently that tool worked in the U.S. and not in the U.K. So when we wanted to launch that in the U.K., we had to look for another um, a technology. So we have... Uh, so many technologies and I get so many reports on a daily basis mm-hmm. that I, I'm just like very, very, very um, burdened by which what to look at, what not to look at. But I would really work very closely with our data t- scientists and my operations team to figure out like what should I be looking at and then also my marketing. And a very interesting point, my marketers are very creative. They're not analytical. They are very creative. They come up with really good mm-hmm. ideas. We are working on something but we're calling it lightning strike for a new um, brand story. And the, the idea that came out was amazing. When I asked them, how are we going to measure it? Everybody was like quiet on the table. So it's really hard for me to you know, get them to give me insights that I could potentially use for anything that I want to work on. So I use a lot of like, you know, all of those technologies and they don't talk to each other. Mm. Like, you know, our, our email service provider as well as our automation platform and Salesforce, they don't talk to each other and they belong to the same company, Salesforce, which is really mm. amazing. So we need to, and there's a lot of manual work, but my operations team does, is doing it. We're trying to get them integrated, but it's a longer process than I thought. So they are actually looking at the insights on a daily basis, giving me, like, you know, really good ideas, but the marketing team is actually then coming up with, like, different um, uh, campaigns on how we can address this. So from the technology perspective, like, we are using a lot of them. Uh, I don't think we are using them to the maximum. We can actually, I think we can scrap 50% of them and still be able to get what we want. But at the same time, it's like, which 50% to get rid of right now? (laughs) That's a question. 